Can't hear you. Here, go. This is just uh, at the suggestion of Faith. This is the. I can't believe when I saw this on um, the uh, OSDP like sign up page. It just had a reggae song, like music video. Yeah, he's hard honestly. It's a, it's a pretty good reggae song, yeah. I have a yeah, good good job. This is definitely warping out and again though. I'm like... Oh damn it! <laughs> My Twitch ad for their own channel is playing. All right, that's fine. Um, <clears throat> all right, hey everybody, uh, welcome to the first edition of Hard Chats. Um, I'm here, your host, uh, you, I suppose. And we're joined by. Uh, I want to go from the top of the list. Skid. Yeah, hi. I'm Skid. What's up? Hey guys. Hello. Craig from Craig. Hello. Yo, what up? How are y'all doing? Doing good. Jin, hello. Hey, what's up? I'm Jin. <laughs> I'm Vodka. There we go. Local, hi. Hey. What's up? I decided to show up. Hi, Lynx. <laughs> oh, hey. I didn't realize I was uh, next in line. I was oh, it's okay. Yeah. Let's go down the list. Massive balls. And... I'm crazed. <laughs> hey, what up? This is Morty. Hi, my name's Dan, and I'm an alcoholic. <laughs> my name's Matt. Two I'm an addict. Hi, my name's Faith, and I'm a poly addict. Uh, what's uh, what's happening? Hey. <laughs> <laughs> All right, <laughs> just a what the happen. Yeah. All right, so we're still we're still getting the hang of the the podcasting, especially having the amount of people that we have on our podcast. I think we're pro. Oh maybe yeah, maybe we should have something like the the speaking. Show. What? Like uh, like you know, we gotta like line up who who we need to speak for, so we aren't talking over each other. Yeah, oh, that's a good. One. Oh, one second. Um, so yeah, I mean, we're going to do our best, I guess, to just not talk over each other, meet, our, meet ourselves when we can, and just uh, keep it going whenever we can. So, I guess let's um, let's get to our, our headlines here. Um, so, in the topics channel, we got a bunch of our topics here. Um, the first one, I guess, big one, is about, uh, let me read the one about Facebook CISO leaving over the Russia and... Um, Disinformation campaigns. Does anybody have any uh, things to say about that? Damn, you have anything to say about that? What are you? What? Twenty <laughs> meter. Talking about Alex Stamos. <laughs> I was gonna say first of all, before we get into that, really quick, a shout to I think Decoded, right? Decoded yeah. was at the heart on our uh, on our hard chats. Uh, yes, he did. He made the hard chats art earlier today. As far as Alex Stamos goes, well, 
we can hope that the Stamos legend continues, whereas he leaves one company and then they get breached to fucking all hell. And then uh, that's hopefully what happens with this one too. I'm not saying that Alex is breaching these companies directly, but you never know. I'm just joking. <laughs> but uh, Yahoo did not fare so well, did they? No. Not meaning to imply anything, but... Uh... I'm not meaning to imply anything, but that company is fucked. No. I don't think Facebook is using MD5, though. Hmm. Oh, great. Well, good. Even better. Even better. What would you say, Jim? I was going to say, wasn't one of the god zines from Alex when Yahoo got owned that, that whole breach? Wasn't he at Yahoo when that happened? Ooh, I don't know. Yes, I do. Oh. It's somewhere on the internet. It's on textfiles.com. Anybody got the link for it? Drop in the chat. It's a good read. <laughs> <laughs> so, I mean, as far as this stuff goes, though, I mean, so it's kind of, well, actually, we maybe should even say, I should have maybe saved this for our topic of the week, which is going to be about Cambridge Analytica, Facebook, uh, deep learning, and all sorts of crazy analytic stuff, but do you, I mean, do you think that this whole him him leaving over the disagreement about how they handled Russia, um, or the Russian, I guess, bots and, and other disinformation, do you think that that is the only reason, or do you think that it could be something bigger than that? Because it seems like having a disagreement over how they handle it is, like, one thing, but it seems like it, I mean, for someone that big and that influential to leave, it seems like it would be something greater than that that would influence them does anybody have yeah. opinions on that do you have um do you have a quick recap of it though because I, I only knew parts and pieces of it i actually truly did not read all the stories i oh. could keep the company mentioned but what exactly is going on i mean so, it, sorry does anybody else want to watch uh, so alex Stamos is leaving uh facebook and the only comment that was provided was because there's disagreements with the way that facebook is handling the whole um, Russia thing, but I think it's more than that as well. I think uh, there are some privacy concerns. I think that agreements were made, um, not just privacy, but also probably censoring, I think, is a factor. I think that maybe he feels that the direction that Facebook is going and they're working hand-in-hand -hand with the government, I think he feels that, you know, maybe it's getting a little bit too much like the Gestapo. You know what I mean? Um, but he he's playing his cards close to his chest he's not he's not really giving any hints as to what's going on you know what i mean so we need to just wait Does anybody i have a think... question Go ahead. do you think it's because maybe he just could never really get along with mark zuckerberg being a robot well i mean i think everybody probably yeah. struggles with that at facebook uh -huh. he just says now this guy has a history given his his history he was like a diva at Yahoo. They were calling him and his team the paranoids, and he didn't he like stomp his feet and leave there as well. Is anybody is anyone familiar with that? I heard something like that. I might I might know stuff about that, and they may have been called paranoids. Yeah. So, so this guy he's leaving again, and like you know what I mean, stomping his feet, and, and it seems to me like he's just showboating. So I would give a plus one on that as well. I think like Alex. Knows a fellow or Jen knows a fellow diva when he sees one, right? Oh, and, uh, absolutely. <laughs> so I think I think every time you see Alex's name in the news, uh, you see it with a generally positive spin towards him, 
And I think that's something that's suspect in itself. Uh, I think the man's a brilliant guy at playing PR spin. He got in front of the Yahoo exit, and he made yep. he literally just threw Melissa Myers down a, a thing of steps. That bitch just ended up at the bottom of steps. And he ended up looking up like this moral person for exiting Yahoo. Well, he was there for four years up until that point. What the fuck? Took him so long, right. you know? Yeah. So you got to wonder what's going on in this case, too. Mm. Yeah. yeah. It's definitely a lot for speculation. I guess maybe that'll lead into the um, topic of the week. Um, so maybe we can save some more speculation for that. Um, but I was thinking of skipping over the second topic for Cambridge Analytica and going into the Google um, providing AI support for um, the Department of Defense and, and drones. So I'd seen this before, and I wanted to bring it up last week. Um, and actually, PissBrand, I believe, is the one who told me about this one, um, where Google is basically providing the TensorFlow, like open source TensorFlow APIs and other sort of data analytics tools for the Department of Defense to create like really, really precise smart drones. Does anybody um, care to uh, comment on that? Because it seems uh, it's like a really, really tough topic. Actually, Why is it a tough topic? Well, just because, I mean, you just think about like, the fact that the amount of data and the uh, the capabilities that we, we we currently have now just makes it i don't know it's just like scary to me that there could be a drone that is smart enough to find me at any location that i'm at or also, i mean that's been that's been like one of the things like you know across the pond as their cgtv and we have the skies so like yeah so so what they're giving them is um, basically, the issue the government was having was that they had fitted all these drones with uh, like cameras, but they had so they were getting massive amounts of video data, but they had they just had no idea how to process it because it was basically just unstructured. Um, so basically, they needed they got a bunch of companies probably to do it. Google is just one of the ones that we know about, and. Uh, yeah, yeah, they're helping them basically do object detection in video. So it's nothing super sophisticated, but it's just, uh, you know, people are making sort of a stink about it because the whole Google don't be evil thing. Well, they got rid of that motto. They, they changed that a while ago. They dropped that motto. You know what? We'll know if it's for realsies when you go to like a recapture and it's like, oh, pick out which one of these people is brown. Yeah, exactly. Well, yeah, I mean, this is—I mean, this is the first one that's been like sort of publicized. But Google has a, a pretty long history of, while not co cooperating like with, as a defense contractor explicitly, like they did the whole—they were trying to get contracts to do like police surveillance in Oakland and various other police departments, and they've—they've they've cooperated with the NSA like a ton. Um, so it's not particularly new. It's just the one that is the easiest headline to write like, hey, Google's gonna like help predator drones kill people in Pakistan. Um, but they have a history of like, you know, Google's trying to set up dystopian hellscapes to uh, do facial recognition on people in Oakland and, and stuff like that. Just on the drones, like I, I watched a documentary where they showed some of the technology that goes into those cameras and they were just basically like a sphere of CCDs that would um, 
stitched together to make like one really high res like image. So they were all high like high megapixel CCDs that were all like like a thousand and something stitched together. And that was probably old tech being in a documentary, right? So I'd imagine that they're probably looking like you know people who are looking to have that data analyzed need someone who has you know the processing power. So really, yeah, what I'm hearing is that it's pretty benign and it's like not intrinsically evil, but because the company so, names attached to it, it is. I mean, I guess that depends on your your perspective on whether or not the U.S. should have like drones in Pakistan to begin with. Um, so like, even if it's you know all it is doing, all the technology itself is doing, it, it's a pretty simple model that's just gonna say like. Here's 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 an here's a these videos tell us like put bounding boxes around like cars and people and stuff. So in that sense, it's benign. But but I guess the wider implications are are p potentially not so much. All all this kind of technology is inherently benign until somebody decides to use it for something bad. Right. So in about uh, I would say two thousand and eight, maybe I was. Okay. Uh, I was approached to be uh, like to build a platform to detect um, like handguns and stuff and um, uh, using like live video streams. Um, I didn't end up working on it or anything like that. But I mean, this was like a no name company thinking about doing it back then. So what do we have now? Yeah, definitely. The private sector is where it's at, though, for that kind of stuff. Um, well, you will find it there first. Well, speaking of um, private sector versus um, government sector or government work, um, did anybody see the next topic, which was that uh, IARPA, the uh, Intelligence Advanced Research Projects Agency, um, has uh, been working on a research project called uh, Finder, which basically is a way to classify any and all photos that were taken outdoors to precisely locate and geotag where they are. And so they've been going through social media, and other um, data sets with geotagged photos and basically trying to stitch together a picture of what the world looks like from our perspective, from the ground. Um, You're fucking creepy, actually. Yeah, admit, who's running that project? Um, it's IARPA. It's like a, it's like DARPA, but it's a... a oh, good. Uh, you know, nobody that would potentially use it for wartime scenarios. Yeah, <laughs> right. So this reminds me of, um, do you remember that there was a beheading video where they did this and they, um, and they, they figured out exactly where the beheading video was taken, like using, um, land, like landscape, like the landscape was basically a slight ditch and a sh some shadows and like a, a clear sky. And they were able to determine like where the camera was, where the people were, all that shit. Um, and that was without geocoding. So that's. Yes. Somebody brought up that. The, 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 well, it's not actually all algorithm, though. That's the insane part. It can be now. But, like, during the whole uh, Shiloh LaBeouf thing, somebody brought it up. I was going to bring that up, yeah. 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 yeah, yeah. They had better insight, but that was it was along the same lines, it seemed like. Yeah. <laughs> so I can speak to the whole Shiloh LaBeouf thing. He had, like, I don't know, a fucking flag or something that he hung up somewhere in some random place. And he, he hung it up in like three different places or whatever. And 4chan fucking just found out where it was every single fucking time. And cross-referencing yeah, and... paths and whatnot. Uh, yep.
Yeah, the, you think there's someone at Cambridge Analytica that is just on 4chan all day? Absolutely. Probably. And that's the thing that you should be most scared about is the employees at that place. Not like of their mission statement or their scope of work. You should be afraid of the fucking the messed up people that work there, the contractors that work there, right, Kindergarten. Yep. So yeah, like people are so afraid of NSA, CIA. Nah, you gotta be afraid of these these corporations for sure. Because they're unchecked. They don't have to answer to Congress. They don't have the same right. You're about how uh how the cops were asking uh I think they were asking Google for location information for people who drove close to the scene of a crime. That was yeah, that was the next talking that yeah there are a hand i mean that, that sort of comes down to like you know uh should you really be contacting somebody who is is innocent and may have nothing to do with it you know just because they went near a crime yeah well i think it's probably because you know they want to see if they saw something or whatever and it is creepy and you know i'm i'm more of the thought that you know if police want to be police then they need to do police work you know so this whole like backdoor on encryption and give us access to all the data i'm kind of against it you know it's it's getting pretty crazy because with all the data that they have nowadays it's like are we getting closer to like subjugation like are they going to be able to just oppress us to no end you know i think the answer is a definite yes i mean i hate to do that <laughs> I hate to be like a, a downer about it, but seriously, like what what other road is this to heading towards other than that? Like happiness? Well, the, the first step is that they're trying to get ads so hyper-specific to you. They're going to milk you for every dollar you've ever earned. Right. And then once you're all dried up, then, then they can do all the oppressing and stuff. But they won't start oppressing you until you've you've given them every every sweet dollar that you've ever earned I, I would take a little less approach to that and that we're not useful if we're not producing and consuming so right. there's a very fine balance of what we need to be doing as good little citizens and i think our output per person is pretty good right now as a as a first world country goes but to squeeze that little extra more out, sure, yeah, that that'll be used for that. But it'll also be used, I think, to keep us in our houses more, like having all these delivery services and shit. Yeah. And to what the one on that is all about? I don't know. I'm so, not uh, well, I think to a degree, it's to make us, you know, very antisocial, and you know, a, a person who's scared to leave the house is a person that won't be protesting. They won't be going out and demonstrating you know what i mean and like to a degree i'd say it's working like i fucking hate being around people <laughs> like it drives me nuts man you know i don't know if it's the same for you guys but i mean it, it didn't used to be that way but now it's just like you know it's like i'm just gonna sit at home in my underwear and have shit delivered to my door you know i also oh yeah oh yeah i feel a bit like like all of this home delivery and all that is kind of just a byproduct of the fact that as a country we're growing rapidly so our population is rising but our like road infrastructure and stuff hasn't yeah. kind of followed us so why are there traffic jams like why does that it's 2018 why why do we have traffic jams why have we not found a way around to this yet 
So yeah. the less people who are leaving or the less people who are out, the safer the roads would be is one thing. Less in theory, right? But the less you drive, the less your skills are honed. I mean, there's all sorts of different tangents yeah. that argument could go on, but I think the point is that we could all probably agree technology as a whole has encouraged us at least to stay in well one thing that's like kind of what i think is kind of interesting is that i think it's a lot of it now um as far as like metadata and being able to use metadata to hold over somebody's head to get them to admit to something or to persuade somebody to say something that they might not normally say i think that the like you know metadata being used against people being saying something like well we have your google locations you know people don't have enough knowledge about how that kind of thing actually works or what's actually being um collected about them that it's i mean if, if you were arrested um or detained by the police and they told you that they have all of your location metadata you know, even if it only means that they have a couple of days when you forgot to put location services off and you accidentally clicked yes when you were trying to get directions to somewhere with Google Maps, um, you know, even if they have just a smidgen of metadata, the the fear of that and the fear that the technologies, I guess, reach beyond your understanding, that is what holds a lot of people. I mean, I feel like that that sort of thing will be used more against people than the actual metadata itself. Um, just saying, oh, we can, you know, theoretically say or, you know, figure out where you were or what you were searching. You know, it's almost like saying we can read your thoughts. Um, so mm -hmm. it just I think that the, the ramifications of the fact that it is a possibility that it's not in science fiction anymore is what is the most damaging is because people don't have enough knowledge about what actually is collected about them. And also they don't have any knowledge about how to turn that off. So uh, I think, I, sorry. One of the things about metadata is it, it doesn't actually tell the narrative. So it allows law enforcement, for example, to just come up with whatever narrative suits what their current aim is. Mm -hmm. If you have a look at, like, I guess you guys have all seen Making a Murderer, or at least heard of it, and it was the, the fear of. You know, they just drummed into that kid. They just made him scared enough to admit to something he didn't even do, like, without technology. So I think it's uh, an existing police tactic that is just being migrated to the to this new technology, like, newish technology. So hey, you don't want to get into any more trouble, do you? Right. <laughs> what, what I wanted to... So I want to I wanna pose this question to you guys. So we know that, like, you know they can go to a corporation and be like, look, we have a subpoena or a warrant for this data, right? And as far as what we think the data is, you know, like metadata calls and such, location, whatever, but how do we know that they can't just, you know, oh yeah, you want us to flip on their microphone and record them at time X? Do you think that that's something that, you know, happens or they have the ability to do is it in the source code because the so for android we have you know android open source project and we see the source code of the os but then there's also the other portion of your phone which is like the carrier you know what i mean that whole other section yeah you know we don't get to dive into i don't think it'd be possible personally i, I would have to see it yeah i think, only, I, I think only, that's like really high value for you 
you'd also be catching um you'd also be catching people that are not involved in the warrant um, what i'm saying is do you think it's in the technology the possibility uh, definitely definitely i think Yo. it could be for sure yeah it could be built yeah, in yeah, yeah, you could have a bug door, or, like there, there could be a bug door in there somewhere that allows for that, sure. But I mean, there's someone's missed in an order in it. But uh, so, you wouldn't blow it, right? Yeah, there's so much more easier ways to that, like that kind of level of stuff. When it gets past certain James Bondiness, right? You got to start thinking, okay, is this more useful to catch a street dealer, or even a murderer, or is it more useful to deploy in a situation where it's in an embassy or somewhere right. else? Um, right. And so the feasibility of something like that being used, even if it did or didn't exist, would be used for especially high target uh, individuals and environments. Right. Well, I mean, the, yeah, still I think not. that's going to not be the case soon because, I mean, like predictive policing is like a, a growing market. And, and well, I mean, the Boston police are ostensibly in trouble, although something tells me they're not actually going to have anything bad happen to them. Because um, like sure. last month, the ACLU is started suing them because they were using, what is the thing called? GeoFeeder? Does anyone know about that? The software, like the social media tracker. And they were just, all they were doing was like searching for people in Boston who was, who were like writing statuses that had like the, like quote unquote, the caliphate and like, Shit, I mean, just like absurd shit. Like, who, who in Boston? Yeah, like the ISIS Boston cell is putting up Facebook statuses. That, I like, I can't get enough of the caliphate. No, well, yeah, that might have been a more fruitful search, but yeah, the they're yeah they're like searching for shit. Like, I love ISIS and stuff, and and I mean, also Boston has had uh, instances where they've they like paid for a system like that after being explicitly told by the city council that they couldn't, they like just were still, they were like, fuck you, we're going to buy it anyway and used it. Um, so like, I mean, cops want this stuff. And I mean, to whoever said before, like you'll catch people who aren't on the warrant. Like, I mean, cops don't give a yeah. shit about was, anything like that. There was actually an article the other day about these um, cops that they asked Google for the IDs, uh, like, for the Google IDs of any phones or devices that went so far close to a crime scene, like anybody's. We were talking about this a little earlier, right? Yeah. Pretty sure. There's a couple of different um, cases in which this is seemed to come into play where um, law enforcement has either subpoenaed or used public data sources. So it's, it's almost like the police have caught on to like what hackers have known and intelligence have known even longer of open source intelligence that is freely available. So with somebody's Gmail address, um, if you're able to get that from Facebook or any number of sources, you know, through a multitude of means, you can enumerate locations that they've been in and, and other things that they've connected to through their Google, their, their, through their phone. Do you guys remember, um, uh, that please rob me website that was up for a short time. No, was it no. so it would like post when people said they were on vacation or something like this? Oh yes. Oh, yeah. yeah, it would it would yeah, basically yeah. just use like where they normally tweet from as their home location, and whenever they're tweeting from somewhere else, like I'm not home, come rob me. Yeah. 
That's awesome. Or they say I'm going on vacation or something. I actually demonstrated that one time for um, a class that I taught that was about that. And it, it, you know, people didn't understand that, or they didn't realize that their own public, that me not having any friends with them on Facebook could see their public posts. A lot of people aren't fully aware that any, anything like that is searchable. So one of the really funny things I saw on Twitter one day uh, with ge geolocation was uh, a Coke dealer. And he was, uh, he, he tweets this photo of like a brick of Coke and a roll of cash. And then throughout the day, he's tweeting with his uh, geolocation on and he's like, like waiting like for a plug in shit. And like, he's driving around as, and as he's driving, he's marking where he's going, who he's selling to, where, like, where he's cutting this brick up at, you know what I mean? Like, and, and I'm sure he's in jail now. Yeah. Either that or he's continuing to mark locations for the police like a good boy. <laughs> yeah. Uh, Facebook, you know, like, <clears throat> see concerns, but you know, if you just create a Facebook account, request one person, and they deny you, uh, Facebook will start suggesting to you that you might want to be friends with. And if you only make one request, that entire list will be of the one person that you requested. Yeah. Facebook's been... Dude, that's like Inception. It was crazy. They have shadow profiles, though, built for almost everybody already. So... It's usually, like, if you've never gone on Facebook, and probably everybody in here has, if you've never gone on, it'll actually start suggesting you people you actually know already. Because it knows who you are. And it already knows. No, this I'm on MySpace. Yeah, uh, well, hold on a second. Let me uh, show you the link. Yeah. Uh, I just, Facebook was called out on that. It made, they were like, no, that's a, that's a feature. <laughs> it is uh it is crazy like how much data is out there and it's it's so funny because you know the the whole meme where like people years ago would be like oh the fucking government's bugging us listen to my phone calls and shit and it's like you just walk around with it now and you just say all your thoughts they they don't have to read our minds because we just say them on social media you know what i mean yes so this article that I pasted in chat, I know it's not kind of catching up off guard a little bit, but it covers kind of that topic of where Facebook's already been in the past. I mean, that, that article's from a long time ago. So I don't think it's a huge shock that Facebook's doing crazy stuff. I know in the past they've done A-B testing with some really mm -hmm. crazy stuff, like psychological stuff. So the fact that they're doing this other garbage with yet another company isn't terribly surprising. I think the only newsworthy thing out of this, sort of, and it's more gossipy, is just how uh, uh, Alex Stamos is uh, involved. You know what I mean? Like, for him to put out that thing that says now all of a sudden he's staying at Facebook is a little odd, I guess. I don't know what to make of that. But... It's all very strange. Um, so actually, let's, um, let's try to get through the other two articles that we have here, um, just so we can get into the full-on talking about Cambridge Analytica. Um, 
So uh, related to the um, the police using metadata and, and general law enforcement um, coercion, um, did anybody see the article about the encrypted cell phones or the encrypted Blackberries that were being manufactured by a group that was uh, drug cartels? Yep. So they were they had busted yeah. the leader of it and is there's a actually I think it was um was it you Craig from Craigslist who originally posted that? Yeah, yeah. There's uh currently um I think there's uh four there seems to be like four people Well what? Um there seems to be uh four people who are currently on the run. Um one the main guy was in the UAE in the in the United Arab Emirates. And uh yeah, that so basically twenty thousand of these devices have been uh sold. 10,000 of them came to Australia and only a thousand of them were actually seized here. And the thousand that were uh, seized were um, not actually in circulation yet. Um, but some of the ones that have been seized that were in circulation were linked to underworld murders, drug dealing, like, you know, meth cooks, shit like that. Um, and yeah, the, the service is basically offering this encrypted like you know this full-on firmware and apps like hidden apps and shit uh that is a is a device that is supposed to circumvent um you know all, all the stuff that we're currently using so uh, it's you know signal tour everything on crack is the idea um and i assume it's just blackberry instant messenger at scale with a bit more on it you know mm. um but yeah it's they're still out there and they're still being sold. Um, it's been said as well that law and like law enforcement stated on, on TV that, uh, they know what the criminals are going to use next, which huh. I find, you know, pretty hard to believe. So everybody's going to ditch them phones now because if they've got it, because it was a legit company that sold it to them, right? Like they were actually a company. And... Yeah. Out of uh, Panama, maybe. Yeah, I, I don't remember. I thought it was Canada, but I don't know. I think everything's from Canada for some reason. But, um, fuck you. Yeah, dude. It's true, man. I fucking thought Lynx was from Canada for the longest fucking time. Turns out he's not. But, yeah, yeah dude. If, yeah, anybody has, if anybody has one of those phones, dude, you know they're going to be like, fuck, and get rid of that because obviously we have it all. Yeah, the, the affidavit reveals that uh, Phantom Secure um, ran its services through Panama and does not cooperate with other countries' inquiries, is what they said. But this is for BlackBerry underlying OS? No, this is a custom, this is some sort of custom ROM. I believe it, it, it looks like it's some Android version running on BlackBerry hardware. Oh, cool. And a private server for like the messaging, the. Right? Yeah, yeah, all, all private email and SMS type deals. So I don't know how it works on that thing, but who holds the keys for the encrypted messaging? Did they they hold it server side maybe? Larry does. No, I I believe it's uh, each device holds its own keys. That's, that was the whole big thing about BlackBerry back in the day. Yeah. Um. So, yeah, and then uh, if you had BlackBerry Enterprise, I think even. So you can connect BlackBerry Enterprise to like Active Directory and Exchange and shit, and it would still the device would hold the keys. But um, I think 
it's interesting to speculate, I think, to say where the criminals are going to go next, because like, I mean, how many, how many encrypted services are like hackers already using and, and stuff like that, you know? Mm-hmm. I mean, let's refrain from calling them criminals. Because, <laughs> you know, it is... Well, I mean, they, we're talking, like, the people who are caught here are, like, you know, murderers and shit, so, like, they're, they're criminals. I think that's, I think that classifies as a criminal. I don't know. I don't know. Yeah. Let's people in boxes, right? <laughs> well, <laughs> oh, do it. Uh, speaking of boxes, the, the next thing that is here, um, or in the topic list, did you guys hear about YouTube um, starting to put Wikipedia articles next to conspiracy videos? Yes, I did hear about that. No, yeah, but you can fake Wikipedia too. So you can have a propaganda video and a fake Wikipedia and make it totally look double fake. Very true. It, it, you know what it's going to lead yeah. to? That's exactly what it's going to lead to. It's going to lead to obscure, fucking, really, really obscure conspiracy. Let's, ex- let's explore yeah. it tonight. <laughs> yeah, we're really, really cutting it. Let's uh, just that's it. And fucking destroy the Wikipedia and then have it apparently play next to a, a YouTube video about it. Like well, Zeta reticulin uh, emanating crystals with organite that uh, align your chakras, we're done. And Bed Bath & Beyond is, is in on it? I think that's totally doable. Oh, yeah. yeah. George Soros. Um, but actually, what's interesting is that I saw this before. I think I mentioned this in IRC a while ago. There was... I was watching a video from Russia Today, and it had... Right next to it, there's a clarification. And I should actually look at the source of the page. It was like a, a tag just called clarification. And um, it said, Russia today is owned wholly or in part by the Russian government. And there's another uh, channel. I'm trying to remember which one it is, but it, it was, uh, oh, as Al Jazeera. They had also said a similar thing, that they were owned by uh, the UAE, I believe. And they, it was just a message of clarification next to the coverage of, you know, a news story. And so what was weird to me is that, like, subconsciously, it made me not want to trust anything that the video was actually saying. Because it says, oh, well, this is state-run media. Even if they're making a valid point about something, it still puts it in your head that there is something wrong with the video if it needs some sort of, like, red mark clarification scarlet letter. So there should be a uh, there should be a disclaimer on every video on YouTube then that says YouTube is owned by Google, which is a massive corporate entity, not unlike a geopolitical entity with its own interests. Like I don't yeah. I mean I can definitely say like watching like being like going to America and watching CNN and Fox News and flipping between the two, the narrative is one hundred percent different. It's it's mind boggling as like as an Australian seeing that shit, it is fucking off the chain. I've never seen that before in my life. <laughs> it is really wild. So you, you get the outside view, right? And you're like, your jaw's on the floor. You're in the hotel room. You're watching this fucking just clown show on television. Where does your brain go next? Like, what do you think is going to happen because of this fucking insanity that we've allowed to continue? Oh, dude, I just want to watch MTV Cribs and get a grill. Like, I don't know. <laughs> Are you talking so, like mouth grill or like... like? Wait, so you're into it then? It, it sucked you in? Hold no, on, wait, no. Wait, like, wait. I, I, it, it just blew my brain so much. That I could, like, you can't believe either side because either side is so extreme to one another. 
and they're just giving each other the exact like opposite of reality but so like so far on each side right it's like a brain paralytic then and you are well, un- yeah. you're unable to make any other decisions besides maybe what to eat and maybe some some entertainment later that night to make yeah, you realize exactly. make you realize how powerful we americans are that we can just navigate through life with just a completely inaccurate notion of reality in our head and not get hit by a bus every time we cross the street dude that's why americans are are so good well wait wait, but i want to go back to the original thing and i think that by putting the the wikipedia like the the text next to the video i think in like subconscious that kind of makes you feel like it's more authoritative like oh this video must be true because there's also a text to support it you know what i mean and the text most, is like i can see that i think that when you see that right subconsciously you're like okay this video must be true because there's text to support it right <laughs> I, I think yeah i agree like if you have a if you have someone well, if you have like a, a, a say a early twenties, late teens kid who's like at school or whatever, they're watching. You know, Wikipedia to them is like some fucking. It, it's like the fucking Wagnalls, yo. Like it's it's in Carter. I don't know what Wagnalls is, but yeah, in Carter ninety nine. Uh, that's that's the uh, that was the encyclopedia that in Carter was based off. Funk, funk and Wagnalls. What fuck century was that from? Dude, when I was a kid, uh, the encyclopedia was like a bunch of books that you could buy. Like yeah, the Encyclopedia Britannica and shit. Kate, man, that oh, shit was a bomb. Books and stuff. If I was, if my parents bought me that, I would have been mad as fuck. I'd be like, why the fuck did you buy me a bunch of books? Like, what kid wants this? Hey, we make go to the library. Yeah, that's true. Castle is pretty dope. The Lego is a dope. Always video in it. I want to buy those big Legos. <laughs> it's just the big Legos. No books. <laughs> just big Legos. Legos. Fuck you, mom. Um. So, uh, making off of our or going off of um Piss Brain's point about us not getting hit by cars. Um, I would bring this to what I would begrudgingly maybe call the fail of the week, which is um the self-driving Uber that killed a woman in Arizona. Did you guys read about this? She yeah, it wasn't, her, it, was, it wasn't the Uber's fault, though. Yeah, that's what I read, too. It's not the uh, Uber's fault. Yeah, but From it was... Is... She was clearly standing from the vehicle. Mm-hmm. Oh, that's... <laughs> <laughs> For the record, she was being a bitch about it, so... Yeah, bitch. Oh, so... Like... The Uber controls the move like four times. <laughs> oh. The Uber actually can't tell the difference between like a fucking feminist protest and a regular human being. So, whoa. Uh, so, uh, so, something that I saw today is apparently police concluded that the car could have stopped, like, had enough room to stop. But well, I, I didn't actually read that, anything. That's something that I just saw, to, so it could be false. To retort to that, I would say the old lady could have moved. Yeah, because well, she probably was jaywalking, no doubt. Like, Arizona, that's a thing. People just walk into the middle of fucking highways. And, and if just, you just step in the road yeah. like that, you're an asshole. 
Overall, you're probably not a good person. Well, but see, you're a Boston driver, and I'm a New York driver, and fucking anybody that's in the street, you just rev your engine up, and you try to get them before they can roll out of the street. <laughs> like, that's some points for that? <laughs> yeah, it's <laughs> Well, I mean, just <laughs> jokes aside, what's really interesting is just, like, I guess... This is like the first sort of recorded case of somebody actually getting killed by an autonomous vehicle. And so we were talking a little bit before another podcast about the implications of, of self-driving vehicles. And also we were talking about, um, which actually Pisprin I wanted to talk to you more about too, was um, just adding noise to you know neural networks and other deep learning things that are actually reacting to the environment around it. Um, and so, I mean... Yeah, you might, because you're a mass hole or somebody who has braved the Jersey Turnpike would rev up and, you know, grab somebody. But for, you know, an average car who's trying to do, like, its job, you know, the car's job is to transport people around. Same with self-driving trucks and other applications for it. But, I mean, I guess what are the... I mean, it just it kind of just speaks to some of the future implications of what could potentially happen when we have more of those kind of things on the road. I think that the car probably is self-learning and it detected that she was so close to the end of life and it decided that, <laughs> okay, she had a good run, but now she's standing in the road and she won't fucking move. So You're talking about car homicide as a service now? This is not, <laughs> there was uh, like a, it was like a catch era in the middle. Maybe, it's like, maybe the AI confused her for a speed bump. <laughs> it's cool yeah. appropriately. Just I'd like to... I'd like to see more information because what if she laid down in front of the cop? Like right. you don't know she could have done that. Who maybe somebody wants to suicide by fucking autonomous car because they're scared no, robots are gonna take over the world. I mean no, that's, that's, that's the, the case, but there's this it's gonna happen. There's a scenario <laughs> where there's like if the car is traveling too fast to stop and it can, it can go left and hit two people or it can go right and hit one person with with certain death. At either side, like how how do you program that? How do you morally you, sit there you, as a programmer and make that decision? You choose the one that's older. Your random number. <laughs> you choose the one that's not pretty. All right. I'm serious. You choose the one that's older, like because obviously you don't want to end the life of kids. But if you see some old chick, like I know for a fact, Tesla actually has that that conundrum. said the trolley problem. Yeah, the trolley problem is in. Uh, Tesla's programming, and I, I forget where I read about it or heard about it, but I know they definitely do actually take that into account. Because if you're if you're in on an indefinite collision course with human being life at danger or at risk, uh, it does make a calculation on who to hit. And I, I don't know. It, and I bet you, fucking age is a factor. I fucking bet. I don't know. Kids are fucking shitheads, though. So sometimes. Oh shit! You make a point. <laughs> what, what if what if the kid's gonna grow up to be a sicko? Then maybe you just flip him off now and be done with it. Then you'd have there to incorporate go. metadata and other sort of predictive analysis. <laughs> yeah, they gotta read Instagram Facebook profiles first. It's like, oh, they're uh, like uh, they're like, you know, big Legos, so they're not gonna really do that well in life. I mean, just back. Let's... Let's loop back to what we were talking about before using the, <laughs> the drone footage to analyze a picture. What if eventually Tesla takes the images from their cars and in that trolley problem 
looks up your Facebook and goes through all of that to add into its calculation. That's what to say if you're illiterate. That's in the realm that of possibility. Is, if the code can do that in that fucking like split second, that's fucking impressive. Because there's a lot of variables there. Unless so you say you said like a targeted assassination. <laughs> that, that'll all be pre-calculated. You'll have a score on you know how likely you are to be killed. So, they would make like good assassins though. Like if you get like a pissed off programmer, sounds like if see Brenda fucking crash. And dude, yeah. like, I mean, you're just gonna kill everyone that doesn't have a Facebook account. Yep, yep. No, they have shadow accounts. Fuck mm-hmm. suck. <laughs> All right. So, a certain that? artist is automatically rated high for death. <laughs> I I still think I still think that age is a factor. So there's actually um back up back to the topic where uh it was mentioned that what happens when there's more of these cars on the road. Um, I remember that there was a Spectrum uh, licensed for uh, short-distance uh, short vehicle-to-vehicle communication. Mm-hmm. So vehicles that were driving could pick up um, either street signs or other stuff around them over, like, you know, some uh, short-distance wireless. So further than NFC, not as far as, you know, Wi-Fi. So, I mean, we can see that cars could uh, say if you can't merge into the into the right lane to avoid a collision, you could tell the car to the right of you to, like, get the fuck out of the way, hit the brakes so I can get oh, in there, you know? That would be awesome. Yeah, yeah. So, I mean, that, that, that was licensed a long time ago. I don't know if, like, we were looking at using it for, um, for trains, actually, for uh, having the status of a carriage, like, multiple carriages be able to talk to each other but um the whole white paper was about you know um was cars I, cars and trucks i was it like called hive or it was that no movie? no that's different that's different I think. yeah i can't remember what this this was this was pretty um like early days i can't remember what it was it just i just remember that they had already a spectrum that was licensed out for it highway pileups are really really bad that kind of technology could prevent that, like, um, you know, the general highway pileups where a bunch of people get injured or killed. We see cars slamming after car, after car, after car. It prevents stuff like that. Hmm. So that would be interesting if, if those cars could communicate. And I wonder if that would make people drive better in the fucking snow. Because I always see people drive like assholes in the snow and like they'll spin out in front of me and shit. And it's like, fuck, I can't stop. So I'm going to have to try to avoid you, but I might hit you. And chances are you don't have insurance because you're a dickhead. (laughs) So just I hope that we get to that point where cars can communicate and people don't fucking drive like dickheads. This happens a lot on the East Coast. What what's the status of uh, vehicles being able to detect shit like black ice, like skidding on, like you know? Yeah. I don't, does anyone know? Dude, that's a posi traction or uh, some kind of traction thing, right? They already have that traction control, and usually they have sensors that measure how much or how cold it is. But don't you want to um, know about it before you hit it? Like you want to see it, you want to see it with the camera if on the automated car. Yeah, the cameras are, are really bad at that. Still, that's why I, they that's why they only have it in like Phoenix and like Australia and stuff. It's places where it like doesn't snow because like snow completely fucks those vision systems. Yeah. Fuck. 
Yeah, that's what I was thinking. That's why I was thinking that like all these self-driving things are all like the West Coast, like California and Arizona. And... Yeah, you would just die in a snowstorm in one of those cars. <laughs> so I wonder. Off the road. I wonder what happens when like those self-driving cars come up to like those people that stand at like red lights with signs and shit, and like they come up to the window. Like, what does the car do? Does it rev its engine or some shit? Like. You know what yeah, I mean? it, it like... open the hood opens and tentacles come out and it sucks you into the <laughs> engine as a sacrifice at the altar of Elon Musk. Sounds hot. That's awesome. <laughs> you know the the altar of Elon probably exists. I mean, I'm not gonna I'm not gonna pass that off. I mean, him and his mom are super villains. <laughs> Have you not seen them? Hello. I think that he's really pushing technology, and I like what he's doing with energy with the batteries and shit, I think that we need more technology and energy because we're just kind of like running on the same thing that we've been running on since like, I don't know, whenever it started. Well, Very true. You know the old say, if it ain't broke, don't fix it. But if it breaks everything else, that's okay. It's someone else's problem. Right, but with technology, you have to, you know, upgrade. You can't just use that, you know? Like, our infrastructure's fucked in America. Like... I don't know. In Australia, do you guys have like telephone poles with the wires up top and shit, or is it underground? Well, as Australia, everything's the, the pole actually goes underground. No, we have the normal. We have both underground and regular. But um, on the energy thing, we actually so one of our states, South Australia, um, is completely green energy, right? It's 100% green energy. Now, what happened was there was a big storm. This is speculation, partly on, on uh, like on my part, but um, what happened was there was a huge storm, and the entire state went out of um, went out like blacked out for like three days or something, right? And they're a really big steel producer, and it was long enough for the steel to actually go uh, to, to no longer be molten inside of the like industrial machine shit, whatever. Um, which obviously restarting that's quite difficult. So, and then if you have a look at like the, the energy like providers that are providing this green energy with like Chinese parent companies, and then like the steel that was brought in to, uh, you know, to, to make up for the lack of like steel production was from China. So, I mean, there's some pretty interesting stuff there. And I, I think like, you know, the, the, the problem with green energy in that state again would have been solved by Elon Musk's mega battery. The, the thing that sucks about that is that it's it's not ideal, in my opinion, to have like our, our energy infrastructure and the onus for updating. I mean, the United States infrastructure in general is not unlike a, like a third world country's relative to like other European states. It sucks that the onus for updating that is in the hands of a like multi-billionaire feudal lord essentially like these should be public works that like um you know we just our lives shouldn't be being dictated at the whims of fucking elon musk but the well, problem I think... is, is cost money to do all this and the general right yeah money so <laughs> the guy with the money actually finally wants to do that which for some reason for all these years the people with the money are like nah Fuck these know, that's people. that's literally what taxes are for. Well, yeah, that's uh, the thing is what. Uh, so, I have a lot of problems with 
the way our government does things. And to be honest, it's kind of like we let this happen to ourselves in a way because we were so complacent for the longest time. You know what I mean? But I'm seeing now that there's more of like a political awakening. Like, I think the internet really helps with that. You know what I mean? Like, you, you see people are much more politically active. Yeah. Well, I mean, so, uh, we, we, would have, we would have money to update infrastructure. Like, for example, if Amazon paid um, more than $0 a year in, in federal taxes. Did we... Uh... Did we, did, as much as I like this conversation... I was about to say, we should start we talking about our topics our, today. Our topics yet, and then so, we, can come, we can circle back yeah. to this? So yeah, that, this will be more for the freeform thing. Um, so I'm just letting it kind of go, but let's um let's just like bookmark the rest of this conversation about infrastructure, taxes, you know, techno, like, oligarchy, and let's, um I guess, just talk, I guess, um, a bit more about Cambridge Analytica stuff that we were doing before with um just... I guess everything is related to all the social media things that we were discussing earlier, plus the implications of a giant unregulated company basically assisting in some nefarious activities. So does anybody have... So a what all did they do? I saw like a video of them. I don't know if it was them, but I saw like a video where they were talking about getting Ukrainian prostitutes. Well, okay, so... I mean, basically, what they've done is something that a lot of companies have done, a lot of advertising companies have done in smaller scales. But essentially, they invested something like a million dollars or so into creating a very large relational sort of database about people, their likes and dislikes, and their wants and needs and hopes and all that. And they had tested out certain slogans and certain um, ideals and certain ways of delivering content they created this in a sort of targeted program that they could use to influence various things. And so they've been accused of, of helping out um, you know, the Trump campaign. And uh, the whistleblower, I'm trying to remember his name, the guy with pink hair, he had said that um, they had tested out a bunch of, um, of the slogans that were used by the Trump campaign and other political memes. And a lot of the things were... were basically tested the same way that market research would be tested, but using basically the data from people from all over the country. Hmm. And so I guess the, the question really comes down to like, you know, it's it sucks that this happened, but it's also everybody has, you know, on one hand, everybody has willingly given up a lot of information and a lot of privacy that they would normally not be willing to give up for a free app and you know coupons and just general um you know narcissism but the other hand is that facebook and other social media apps and and companies and other marketing things have kind of put us to this this um this turning point where basically like facebook is really increasingly wants you to or they want to control how you use the internet so we've discussed mm -hmm. about how if you post too many links which happened to a hermit over here um, if you post too many youtube links in a chat um they'll think that you're spamming and they'll think that you've been you know your account's been compromised and they'll make you do a virus scan or they make you download the messenger app to use facebook messenger and mobile or they you know 
force you to use your real name and do all sorts of different other things and encourage people to share more information. Like, oh, your account is only 30% filled out because you haven't liked any pages and things like that. And so it's really this like complicated mesh of, you know, people are willing to give up a lot of things, but the things that they aren't willing to give up are coerced out of them by social media companies, specifically Facebook. And then through that, it allows, you know, unregulated entities that aren't, you know, they aren't the NSA, they aren't CIA, they aren't any other, you know, intelligence agencies. They are able to use that information that's publicly available, and some of it not necessarily entirely publicly available, but still there, um, like shadow profiles and things. They use that to then influence, you know, the outcomes of elections and the outcomes of other major events and influence people to feel certain ways. So, does anybody have any thoughts on that? Yeah, I, I think it's worth pointing out that in the 2008 and uh, 2012 elections, the same stuff happened. Yeah, I, I, I don't, uh, yeah, you hit it in the head. One, one, two, three, one, two, two, shoot. I think one of us is dead. I don't know who. Rugged. <laughs> oh. Yeah, it. The, the the base question becomes though, we're we're opting into it at a certain point through uh, excessively long end user license agreements that have been standard since the beginning of time in my mind. Is that something that should legally be viable? A lot of people say no. It's been turned over, turned over in a lot of cases. But when you get into areas of like being put into A B group testing for depression and inducing depression in people by showing them largely depressive posts and seeing if they get fucked up. That's like a thing that Facebook didn't even try to deny that they were doing. Where does it end? Like, what kind of oversight so, does that have? That's, that's so crazy that they can, they can have that effect on you. It's not like it's mind control, but it's definitely coercion. It's, you know, it's, did you guys like, in MK Ultra? It really is what it is. These are coin right, well, MK Ultra. What success ratio did they have? Like the people that were supposed to get depressed. It's not. But they definitely. They actually had a... Nah, go ahead, Dan. I was just gonna say I don't think they ever printed the full details, but uh, I could. Be they're, right. they're calling it what? No, they actually have psychological campaigns. There's actually a white paper you can read about that study. They published it. It's about oh, 10, 20 pages really? long. It actually, uh, they had positive effects by showing people positive things. It's kind of common sense when you look at it. But yeah. long long story short, you see good things, you make you happy. You see bad things, you get sad. Yeah. But the, yeah, but the thing is, right, if the arguments that I kept hearing for it were, okay, well, what if this person you didn't realize you thought was in a good mood and you were just going to knock them down a little bit with a few bad posts? What if they were actually suicidal? Yeah, but you affect their day, and then they can ripple that to other people. That's psychological warfare. Exactly. It totally is. And so there has to be some kind of oversight on it at some point, in my opinion. But where? Where do you draw the line? Did you guys see the video? Uh, sorry, not video. There was a blog post about a guy who knew that his housemate had uh, trouble struggling pills. So he did a targeted Facebook campaign, like ad campaign about uh about pills and swallowing pills and eventually the final one was like do you like always gag when you try and swallow pills and the guy literally was like how the fuck do they know this like nobody knows this about me 
and um like it was totally successful and this was like one guy doing it to his housemate like yeah. he obviously had inside knowledge so it's a little different but i mean no that's really they, easy yo it's yeah, fucking it insane. worked yeah i used to fuck with the the facebook ads a little while back and you could target somebody down to a few blocks and like their characteristics easily yeah like, he had uh, a he had like one group and then uh, a one group set up. Targeted. I think you have to have a minimum ten people in the group, and then after that, he just he just uh, added extra filters that made it so there was just one person. Yeah. Targeted ad campaigns is what they call them, I think. Yeah, dude, they're fucking insane. And so, yeah, now imagine using that against like you can totally see what people are interested in too. Like if they're interested in helplines and stuff like that, you know, they're probably struggling individuals. And some evil fuckers. Suicidal teenagers. Yeah, evil people could do really evil stuff. And I'll tell you, the hit rates that I got on my my posts, they were supposed to be 18 plus. They weren't. They were always like 12 to 15 were the top rated. Kids are on Facebook non-fucking-stop. They are. They're everywhere. It's, it's really bad. So that's why I stopped fucking with it, because there was too many kids that were seeing the things. I'm like, I don't need this in my life. <laughs> My favorite uh, ad campaigns on Facebook are the explicitly uh, specific shirts yes. that they try to sell. Where it's like, it's like, I just woke up from a nap and I'm still tired, like, kind of shirt. And it's like, wow, it's not like somebody I know made this post, like, yesterday. <laughs> like, they're they're very, very, like, it's like 18 words on a shirt and it's basically someone's Facebook post on a shirt. <laughs> or or it's a very specific thing like you can't like I don't care. Actually, Hermit, do you have any good uh good examples of them? Things like you can't screw with me. I'm just a Pisces who was born in Montana, you know, and I'm also a carpenter. It's just like how like who who would who would want that shirt first off? And second off, <laughs> Uh, I'd wear that shirt. How do you, how did you how did you how did you uh, determine to to send someone that? Because I mean, I've tried to to game a lot of the the ads that I, I I do, and I have like you know conversations with with profiles that I that I control that I try I've I've tried to use as a way to influence ads and see what happens on on my Facebook targeted ads, and you know my Facebook targeted ads are all over the place. Um, I'm I don't have anything right or left leaning. I get the extremes on both, like you know, ultra maga, like you know, come and take it, and then like you know, Bernie Sanders, Jill Stein, Crystal whispering forum, like both of them together. It's just it's interesting to see how when you do play with it, you can see that the targeting that actually happens because it starts to ripple. It starts off slowly, and then you'll start to see that your feed then becomes optimized to show you more things that are, you know, what you're what you seem to be interested in and, and then it just goes further and further and becomes very granular but you can you know if you guys do have a chance to if you can make another profile or just with another friend on facebook or any social media start just talking about something that's completely like unrelated to anything that you care about or like and share links to it because open graph is also a huge thing that they've used as well to to um to basically you know, box people into their into the categories because you know Facebook's able to scrape what the metadata as, is from a website without even having to spider the whole site, so they can see that your links that you're sharing are more you know using words that are more right wing or or you know words that have to deal with pregnancy or things like that. Um, but it's just interesting to see that even even like 
even when you do something like actually I said to Hermit the other day, do you want to go to Taco Bell on my on Facebook uh, Messenger where Taco Bell's and delicious. and it's uh, it said um, you know search Taco Bell locations in in my town that I was in and I'm just like that's really really weird because I don't have my location on but obviously it goes through you know cell data but it's just it's wild to think the level of targeting that is possible but what's also even scarier is what is you know as Dan said what is you know the future holds for something like that so uh, I know Mm. this I know this girl who's uh, a lesbian, and um, she's uh, pretty like, a pretty normal person. But all of her ads are on, like every fucking ad, every single ad on her on her computer is like flannel and Ellen DeGeneres, and she's not into either of those things. Like so she's like, why the fuck? Like, think she's gay. It knows. It knows. Yeah, it knows she's gay, and she like she doesn't she doesn't like she doesn't Google gay things or anything. It just, you know, she doesn't search for gay shit. It's just, that's what comes up. Yeah, it also depends on who you follow, too. Just kind of an assumption correlation, but if you actually have a bunch of gay friends and, yeah, a bunch of gay people follow you, you're probably gay. You almost need the equivalent of a, uh, what are those those RF blockers called? Uh, Faraday cage. You almost need to have a test account or a set of test accounts in virtual Faraday cages because... If Facebook's not able to pull the data from you, they will gladly just pull it from the IP address that you're coming from. And if there's other people in the house that do surf the internet normally or have a Facebook account and surf the internet normally, that builds a profile of the people that are at least in the same domicile as you. And it gets into this really fucking crazy territory. Even even the location of your cell tower, like they have all the cell tower IP addresses mapped out. It generally the blocks that they cover so if they know that they're covering uh high income workers around the google campus or the apple campus or whatever they're going to target you with these kinds of ads and then they just start from there and keep building I wonder what facebook like facebook work targeted ads wonder what what like the people who work at facebook i wonder what like the targeted ad would be for somebody who works there but has nothing else like so yeah, one interesting we... thing I've seen people do to my company, and I, I'm sure Facebook too, but they'll actually buy ads targeting Facebook employees to give them data. Like, they'll say, here, here's a, a contest, or not a contest, but a, a paid, some kind of description or whatever. We want more inform- more insight into the great company you work at. Help us out by filling out this questionnaire, and we'll give you five hundred bucks. And it's surprisingly, like, helpful. Like, it, people do it. They Dude, pay that's just old school. Yeah. That's like old school fucking phishing type shit. You know what I mean? Why did they work at Facebook for five hundred bucks? Let's go. Uh, it's free intelligence because they'll just write them off as taxes. Send fucking emails to AOL interns, <laughs> telling them they can be in a commercial oh. and get yeah, fucking credentials. Why bother with that when you can get them to call you? <laughs> yeah, that was that was basically well, that was literally a, a corporate phishing campaign from uh, a big company a few weeks ago. That's, they did it. Yeah. Was, yeah, was that the commercial thing? No, the the they sent out an email and said like. 
put in your username and password here for your corporate mm-hmm. account and tell us a little bit about yourself and your winner Tesla or whatever. Yeah. It's crazy, especially in the Bay, dude. Like, I swear they just have the Bay zip codes targeted. And they just know which employer you work at because typically people write it in their Facebook profile. And then before you know it, you're getting just hit up by randos asking, hey, you want to hang out and tell me about your work? Or even fake job offers. And then they'll ask you, like, hey, so how was it working at X place? What were your job responsibilities? And like all, all it actually is is this huge corporate espionage thing, which is massive out here. I've never seen anything like it. It's amazing. Wow, it's pretty cool. Like whatever, fucking their corporations, right? But it's kind, <laughs> it's kind of interesting just seeing the length that they'll go to 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 get an IP and to get infiltration. I kind of like it. It's kind of fun. Huh. Looking for this video. Um, I saw I saw like a year ago about Cambridge uh, Analytica. Yo, sorry to bump in real quick, but you, what time are you switching over to uh, to uh, the second half of the show? So we can start that at any time. Um, I was trying to test how long it would take for us to get through all the news topics, but since we're already past ten thirty, which is the I was trying to do an hour of news and and then an hour plus of uh whatever freeform stuff we want to talk about so at any moment we can we can switch over um but right, I'll, I'll, i need to take a quick break i think a few others did too but either way i'll be off for about 10 starting right now then all right yeah so um yeah we can take a break if you guys want to you can play some music or something oh play some um what are those called from uh, tim and eric those cart uh commercials oh yeah oh or... <laughs> All right. <laughs> Whatever those commercials are. All right, here. Let's go back. Uh, let's take like a, a, a couple minutes of break. Let's take a 10. You know, get back into it. You want to take 10 minutes? I don't, yeah. know. I don't know how long. Is 10 minutes of dead air yeah, no, a long time? How about the rest of us just continue to talk while people are taking breaks or whatever? All right. I'd that's like, fine. Yeah, like somebody so, who right, Seriously, come on. I saw it like a year ago. It was about Cambridge Analytica. Oh, okay. It was an expose about, you know, it's just it's just a video about this this woman. She's walking through this office and she's like, I saw that fucking shit, and it disappeared off the internet. Here, I mean, if you can give me a link. Hmm? But she talks about how Cambridge Analytica had their office there working with the Trump campaign. They had an, someone from Facebook in the office every day and how they and how, how that shit worked. Yep. It was on the Internet for like a week. I remember it clearly. It fucking disappeared. Well, it might just be your searching. Please help me out. You know what I'm talking about, though. I know exactly what you're talking about. They walked through the empty office, and she led them around. She said that there was a team from Facebook there, and probably from Twitter as well. And it was a post-mortem, not the actual um, happening at the time thing. Like, I was reading articles that were saying uh, about the uh, Trump bunker that was down in Austin. Had a hundred people working at it. Yeah, pencil. But, uh, yeah. So, 
Let's see if I can find that for you. Oh man, that'd be that'd be great. So what do you yeah. think they're scrubbing it from the internet? You think that's what's happening, or no? It's just like a week later, and I couldn't find it because it just because whatever I get, you know, it was like Slate or Verge or or fucking motherboard. I can't, you know, I can't. I just couldn't remember. But it was a great video, and it's just this this woman walking through this office, being like, "Yes, this was the Trump headquarters. Cambridge Analytica was working here. Facebook had here helping us." every day like on site doing I mean, to be fair like if you have enough money i'm sure you can get anybody to help do anything well yeah they were paying they're yeah they were paying they're paying for it there was other aspects of the video that were really good because it kind of like if you if you just look at cambridge analytica's stuff they put out in public was it a vice video and Vice that sounds like something Vice would would definitely do. It may have been Vice, but they talk about like debate, you know, on any issue. They'll they'll take uh, the pro gun aspect. Okay, well, here's a certain personality type. We want to pre present them with ads that talk about guns being handed down from father to son but we want to but for a different person who's like more paranoid we want to talk about like self you know protection like home protection and they've just mapped out the entire psyche of the american public serve ads to all of these people based based on what their fears are and if you look back at the the election like that's that's the whole that was the whole deal completely looks like face down that video i think that uh them targeting fear over likes really says something you know as far as like what will motivate people so like do you think they did like studies to see what would make people more motivated be it fear or be it things that they like you know what I mean? Micro-targeting. Yeah. It has a name. Personality-based. And it's not about rational. It's not about information. Like, it's all about just feeling. I also think, and this is going to sound ridiculous, but meme culture is actually right. so fucking huge... Yeah, it means you can influence whatever you want, and like this was this was I, who the fuck said it, but like weaponized meme, and it sounds like yeah. absolutely ridiculous, but it's like not... think about how how people think about things and then how huge memes are to just kids these days, like they just call it how propaganda. Yeah, yeah propaganda. Propaganda. that's what it is. It's true. Well, I mean. It's true. Like memes do, they they affect you, and anyone can print them. It's like just but think about like propaganda if you say, and mass. If you you say like, oh here comes, half the people on the internet's first reaction is gonna are gonna be oh that boy, like yeah. well, it, like so uh, my girlfriend showed me this tweet that was uh, from Samuel L. Jackson had the verified blah 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 blah. And I was like, there's no way that he said that. So we looked at his feed, 
course, it wasn't there. Um, and a couple of things we noticed were that, first of all, like, it was shopped. It wasn't even like a, they didn't even edit the DOM. It was, it was straight shopped. <laughs> That's but silly. It, they, they removed the, the date as well. But mm. to the untrained, like, to, like, you know, if you haven't seen a couple of shops in your time, yeah. you know, uh. all of a sudden you think celebrity is saying something. Well, that's why you can never trust a screenshot of something unless it like that. You can always you can only trust a direct in regards to tweets or Facebook posts because there's so many of them with like Trump saying like oh this that like Trump so, tweeted yesterday that anime was a mistake and it blows so, up on Twitter. What do you guys think about that girl who tweeted like I saw I don't know if they tweet or not but this chick tweeted like. I used to finger myself when my son was breastfeeding. It was the best orgasms I ever had. Did you guys hear about that? That sounds vaguely familiar. Dude, what part of Twitter are you on, my guy? (laughs) (laughs) That came up. That came up on my feed, and I'm like, what the fuck? This bitch is gross, dude. (laughs) That that is kind of weird. Why are we talking about this? It's just, it's something that came up on my feed. Shit, do you think that's what the algorithm thinks I want to see? Oh, that's fucked. Massive balls. You have kids, right? <laughs> no, just, I mean, just, how weird is it that we use, like, computers, like, to masturbate every day, but then our kids use it? That's kind of a fucked up thought now, is it? All right, hey, so. And did you enjoy, did you enjoy seeing that post? <laughs> no, dude, I was like, what the fuck? This bitch is, like, gross. Like, that's, I think that's a really, like, classless thing. It's very gross. Okay, so I, I think, think one of the big things that I've seen the most about meme culture specifically is that a lot of memes, you know, will post like facts, facts and quotes, um, and they'll say things that aren't true. But when you see something in a familiar format, like a meme or a screenshot of a tweet, and you do want it to be true, or you subconsciously want to believe it, then it, it is a lot more powerful for you to then internalize that without fact checking. Because I mean, I'll see you know, headlines that I'll be like, oh, well, that makes sense. It kind of fits in with the narrative that I already built in my head. And that, in turn, contributes to further the narrative that I've built in my head without me fully fact-checking every single aspect of media that I see. And so that also works on, you know, I'm, I'm pretty keen on a lot of this stuff, you know, especially, you know, having a psychology background and studying this kind of thing. But even still, I'm very influenced by that. And I catch myself trying to fact check and verify certain things like um links you were or was it no it was uh craig from craigslist talking about looking up on um, the samuel L. jackson tweet not everybody has to have a time so sometimes you might see something you might only have a chance to see you know scroll through your feed or something whatever social media you're using you might just see something that might you know you say oh trump you know like just like like finally killed eric trump or something like you just when you see like something like that you're like oh that makes sense but then when you know you don't have the, the you know the resources or the facilities at the time to do your fact checking that still sticks in your head because you saw it in the same format and in the same context as everything else that you would see that is true so um well i mean it's just another fake news cnn versus fox all over again yeah but as far as like the beyond even fake and things that are that are maybe mistakes that are corrected or things that are Slight, you're know, slightly off. Things that are flat out wrong, like the Aziz Asnari, um, Ansari, uh, um, meme that was like, like basically like saying vote early and vote often. You know, and you can text to vote 
if you text this number and people, you know, believe that that was something that you could do. And they were targeting, you know, Democrats and, and you know, people in, in um, blue states and things doing advertisements and targeted things. So stuff like that, when you see it in a familiar format, especially with a familiar face attached to it, it does stick in your head and it, it contributes to a larger narrative that you might not be fully aware even exists. Mm -hmm. yep. And also, if you see some grotesque tweets, too, it also uh, contributes to the larger narrative that humanity is uh, really doing a number these days. Let's see. It's probably no worse than what the Romans were doing about 2,000 years ago. Right. Do you think we're heading down that path, like, in a way, like, history repeating itself as we get, like, more gluttonous and instant gratification and such? Do you think we're, we're like, going down that path over again? I think it's right. kind of just, like, human nature, just with technology. We're just doing a little faster, but the same thing. Lord of the Flies. You won't get an argument from me. What I was uh, gonna say earlier. I just want to throw this out there. No one has found that video yet. Yeah, then. Still looking. Faith. Yeah, Faith linked it. I thought in the chat. Oh, that's in general. There's two videos, but I don't know if those are it. Uh, but what I was gonna say was, uh, you guys kept talking about socials and like. The algorithms they use to show you, but I, I, if I'm not mistaken, which I most likely am, uh, you, Twitter has them, but you can opt out to just see like everything instead of their so-called like quote-unquote quality posts. Oh yeah, I hate that shit, dude. You can opt out of it. And from what I've seen, I see almost everything people tweet. Like I don't get shown certain things; it shows me everything. So I, I hope that is true because actually I run like four Twitter accounts and I follow all the same people for the most of them because it's all similar fields. But unfortunately, I'm noticing discrepancies on what I'm receiving based off what, what, what I have, really. Uh, chronological. Uh, chronological, I'll get like uh, pretty much like four suggestions. I'll see more favorited posts and stuff like that. So it kind of ties into that whole algorithm you. of uh, what Twitter believes they want me to see and what Do you will have make the me happy. Quality, the quality, like, show me quality. Yeah, posts. they're all off. Uh -huh. Like my my qu qu quality tweets are like like thirty percent low cal. <laughs> like, <laughs> how does that work? I get a lot of low cal too, and like tweets you miss, low cal and curl beats. I don't know. I follow almost two thousand people, so I get a lot. It all depends on the time of day, too. See you, Jin. But like, I, I noticed that like at specific, obviously at specific times, like my my feed will be more Japanese, and like everything, like I'm scrolling, like everything is in Japanese, and that's all the <laughs> Japanese people I followed, and like I. A lot of it depends on, like, the people I follow, whether they be streamers or whatever. Usually about dinner time, a lot of the people who stream late night will be more active on Twitter. Hmm. 
and every Tuesday my Twitter blows up because you because uh, all of you guys retweet the shit out of the hard chats. <laughs> Insationalism yeah. is great, isn't it? <laughs> I use. I looked tweet at my deck. phone. I I can't use TweetDeck. I just their their columns are too small. They're too thin for me. I have a thirty inch screen. It well no it, they just like default to a size is what I'm saying. And like I have a thirty size... inch screen. It works wonderfully. <laughs> cool. He's talking about a cell phone. He's got a thirty inch cell phone. You know the big iPhones. They're like <laughs> up you should see hip. the pocket. <laughs> That's awesome. Well, um, yeah. anybody uh, have any projects or anything they want to discuss now? We can, uh, I guess, start talking about more freeform stuff. So, I got I got an oh shit thing that happened throughout the week. Okay. Um, so, one of, uh, there's a client that I have, and I'm the secondary consultant on it, and one of my colleagues is the primary, and while he was on site, he um, went to do a failover to... He wanted to switch the active NAS in the cluster, um, and it so happens that the NAS that they were on, the SSDs were very degraded, um, and the failover, the switchover failed, and it took about 11 hours to get their data, like to get their the access to the data back, because the operating system on both of the NASs just stopped working completely it was a nightmare dude but it was super scary because we were like oh shit if we lost their data because it was a shitload of data dude it's it's like a firm that does a lot of computer aid drawing and shit Mm -hmm. so they just have like massive massive amounts of data and it was like a big oh shit moment you know yeah it sucks i hate when shit like that happens I've been trying to avoid as many oh shit moments as possible lately by reading more documentation instead of just uh, doing what I think is right. I like if somebody could talk about the AMD bug. Oh yeah. Well, yeah, what is the, have we found out if that's legit or not? Yeah, that's definitely legit. has some knowledge about it. Did anything new come from that or is it just like the same white paper from last week? The white paper was just like the basic information. They didn't distribute the uh, proof of concepts, but they didn't have to. They'd given it specifically to certain security researchers, and then they did give the correct information to different uh, operating system developers. There was serious disinformation in it because they made people believe that it was like a stock thing or that it wasn't real. They made people believe that it wasn't a big thing when you're talking about an oh shit moment. Asus is probably having a serious oh shit moment as well as Asus because they, there's no way that they don't know these things. Right. But, the, yeah, so... but as, far as, as far as validation, the, the people that used to do the stuff on the K8 and K10 architectures, cynical security would be like the main, main dude. And it, he initially also talked shit. And then he came back like maybe not even 18 hours later and then totally... Um, went back on what he was saying, you know, but it's, it's a big deal, but it's not as big a deal as people think. And it's still yet a potentially big deal when people start tying those exploits into each other. Like say the NSA, people like that got a hold of that. They could do some really nasty things. 
and you wouldn't be able to t detect it. Also, you don't have to be physically local. You can do it remote, and you don't have to be admin. You're exporting to get admin, and then you're getting uh, levels higher than admin, higher than ring zero. You're getting, like, negative ring two, maybe up to negative ring three. Right. Cynical security. So I think, like, when with a lot of bugs um, as well, like, that haven't been made public, there's, there's usually ongoing bugzilla, like, threads that are available um, that you just can't see on public bugzillas for, you know, insert major distros here, security. Like, do you guys remember that um, I hunt sysadmins article a long time ago? Not necessarily, no. Okay, so like, just just go after the keys to the castle. Well, I mean, take anyone who's on like security at Microsoft, security at you know at, at Apple or whatever, like like SecAlert, shit like that, you know. And if you can get into one of those groups, which it isn't actually that hard, like to legitimately join those Bugzilla groups, um, or you know whatever mailing lists, like you you could have that information. Um, some of the ways in are, are like through if you contribute to like uh, like CentOS security or like Fedora security stuff like that, and then um, on Launchpad again through like the Canonical. If you want to get you know what's going on with the with the research right now, contribute something and you, you you'll get the zero day and the POC. Like the remember the XM XM4 had a recent. Um, had a yeah, remote, uh, yeah, and basically what happened was the uh, when the guy created the ticket, it just didn't get put in the security group, and it automatically sent the email out, so it was kind of too late. But that's a, that's a scenario where that particular bug was supposed to be in a group that would have hidden it from the world until the embargo was lifted. Is so that I mean, the, uh, the printer server uh, bug you were talking about? Which one? There was one for our printer server service for uh, Linux that actually happened on a uh, holiday. Pretty much a guy actually uh, released a uh, like remote execution bug <laughs> right on when everyone's taking days off. Yeah, it was uh, it was one of the headers in XM4 wasn't passed correctly, so you you didn't even need like it was pre-auth RCE lol on a holiday. It was fucking awesome. Good time. That was good timing on his part. Yeah, he but I mean, like, so get this in before I leave. So where do we get? Uh, <laughs> the question is, where where's AMD's Bugzilla, and how do we get on it? <laughs> what did you say, Links? I don't know that they released it specifically to to Bugzilla. I don't know where all they released it. I have to go back and read all the stuff. But it, people were mad that they didn't get they didn't get the information in the normal way. It was pretty much given specifically and only to, um, not cynical security. The other dude. Uh, Guido, D Guido. Dan Guido, yeah. So after Ooh. after that, people started confirming it. He had to, he could show it to some people, but there was all kinds of non-disclosure agreements. So I don't know how all, all that works. I have to go back and read again this week. The main so, the main thing is that InfoSec got it wrong. They got it wrong as fuck. Tell everybody that it wasn't a big deal or that it wasn't real when in fact it was real as fuck. <laughs> It was in that crowd. Honestly, I just didn't trust it because it seemed kind of weird. Lynx, were you trying to say something earlier? Uh... Oh. 
if, if not. Did you guys hear about Probably. the thing with China not allowing their their exploiters to c- compete in international competitions? Yes. No, I didn't. So what China's not letting. So Phone to Own's coming up, and China's not letting any like leave China with their exploits. And there's speculation that it's because China wants to hold those exploits and use them. I mean, I'd imagine that's a good policy for them. <laughs> so, and it's um, crazy, too, because historically China has been the one to win in Pwn to Own, like, very frequently in the past. So I got a funny story, if you guys care to hear. It's a, a DEFCON Asian uh, a, a thing that happened at the uh, Saskian 360 party. Sure. So um, so we go to this Slash 360 party, and it's on the floor of Caesar's Palace. And um, there's a big group of, like, Australians, New Zealanders, and South Africans, and we're all kind of similar, so we were all drinking. And they were giving out buckets of Budweiser. And, of course, like, it was shit, so we started asking what else was on the bar tab. And, uh, we got a couple of Coronas, and then they brought over a Jello shot, and my friend and I were like... Um, can we get more of these? And they were like, yeah, 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 yeah. So they, they started bringing us like five jello shots at a time, like 10 jello shots at a time. We, there's like a, a, there's a picture on Twitter of like a pile of jello shots, empty ones. Anyway, so we're pretty starting to get pretty drunk. And um, we noticed these guys across from us who are watching, they're just standing outside the rope and they're watching the baseball, but they're not paying attention. Like, when the when the whatever the play time is happening, they're paying attention when they when like the cameras on the crowd and stuff, right? I don't know shit about baseball, but I could I, I know that when the game is being played is when you pay attention, right? Now then they're taking photos of themselves of like like some person will take a photo of the other two people that were facing towards us, but the camera is like clearly facing towards us. It's like not even close to pointing at the other people, right? And um, it was these three Asian men. And, and they were doing that. And then uh, it was kind of getting a bit sketchy. So we started, we pulled out our phones and we were taking selfies, but pointing our phones towards these guys. Now they start getting pretty shady. They're like starting to like turn away, hide their face. <laughs> you know, this thing, this is starts going on. The game, you know, is starting to get played. And then um, the final move was when this, this guy comes up to us and he stands in a position where there's like an arc of everyone who's there drinking and he holds out a Budweiser. He points at the label. Everybody's attention is drawn towards the label. We're all looking at the label and he says, this beer is shit, right? And as everyone responds, yeah, like camera flashes go off. (laughs) And it was like, holy shit, it's time to leave. (laughs) What? That's quite crazy, dude. Yeah, that was, like, really weird. Like, we were, like, okay, but, yeah. So that was, um, I don't know. I, I don't know much about the exploit market, but I believe if you want to sell into the Asian market, uh, Scan 360 Singapore, like, that direction could lead you that way. I, I don't really know. So far, we had, like, two feds to decide to show up to our freaking little DEFCON group. It's actually kind of funny. They always kind of come in and pretty much actually talk a little bit of game and stuff like that. But then they always kind of start doing the same thing by asking a bunch of information about us. We just kind of let them do their thing. It's not really a lot you can do, honestly. Do you ever challenge them to a game of Quake? Nah, dude. <laughs> I don't play video games. 
That's what I do. I challenge the feds to a game of Quake Quake 2. That's probably a good way to do uh, it. Did they break? <laughs> if you can pull me at Quake 2, we'll talk. <laughs> I know there's a, a guy who's he's not specifically a fed, but he's a, uh, a, a fr forensics guy. And, um, like, he sits on 4chan all day, and he'll probably beat you a quake, so. <laughs> right on. Pretty funny. Yeah, remember the, um, the NSA, and some of the NSA, uh, dump stuff, they was, uh, just all their memes. They're all, like, anime memes. I don't know. We're getting to the point now where the, uh, whoever's working for feds and other counterintelligence stuff is gonna be... What do you think it's gonna be like when it's augmented? We're gonna be... Well, like the Hololens and stuff like that, we're gonna get augmented propaganda. I mean, I feel like that's gonna be the next step. Have you? I can't uh, wait. Virtual job. What the fuck was it? Uh. Oh, dude, what the fuck was that? It was on Netflix. Uh. Rest of development. No. Carbon. Yeah, altered carbon. Oh yeah. It's a good show. Where the. They had all that augmented shit. No, dude, that was the uh, the new um, Blade Runner. No, that was Altered Carbon. Yeah, that chicken there was also. She was they also all augmented. Have it. It's a common theme. Augmented humans. <laughs> Not augmented Do you guys remember augmented like augmented reality? Like they had the the whatever they could see. Like what he got, he took the thing or whatever. Yeah. You can see all the ads that weren't there. And it also guys... cleans up the street. Yeah, 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 yeah. So, Bonsai Buddy, but Virtual Girl. Do you remember there was like a, uh, like a Bonsai Buddy, but it was like a stripper on your desktop? I remember yeah. that. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> yes. Uh, oh, yeah. Now, now augmented reality, that. Like, come on. You usually see yeah. strippers all the time. It was. I remember that software specifically, dude. That was fucking funny. I bet you do. I bet <laughs> there you There was like different. There was different characters and shit you could choose. Yeah, no, a friend told me about it. Ain't gonna lie. Yeah, you know we do. <laughs> no comment. <laughs> so, does anybody uh, have any projects they're working on they want to talk about? Mm -hmm. I made some good. Uh, go ahead, be good, man. Sorry to interrupt. No, go for it, man. I'm not, I don't think there's any I want to talk about. That was, that was the thing. <laughs> so I kind of made some big progress with uh, my little TouchTunes jukebox themeru with actually getting our Arduino to work. Oh, yeah. So I finally actually figured out actually how the libraries work and got the uh, pretty much the ones and zeros to line up correctly and the gods to smile. And I was able to actually uh, get a receiver set up and actually. <laughs> read the messages as I was transmitting. But yeah, I think uh status normal and I'm just kinda working with the code right now. So now that's um that's over what is it, four four hundred and thirty three megahertz uh transmitter on there? Oh yeah, sorry, I forgot to pretty much explain the hardware I'm using. I'm just doing this with an Arduino uh micro and then using one of the uh four three three point nine two megahertz uh, transmitters. It's using symbol on and off king amplitude shift king. Hey man, you should talk about your antenna business card you made. Oh yeah, that thing. That's actually brought a little bit of like people questioning it. And actually I'm questioning the reliability of it too. But no, for the most part, it kind of actually works. I'm able to actually receive uh, signals back and forth with Zigbee. That's what that image was. But I kind of got that thing. That actually was pretty cheap too. 
it only costs ten dollars for six of those and plus five or no excuse me five dollars for uh six of them and then also shipping so did you do the custom etching of the antenna was that made or fabricated like somewhere else or did you use that at home so i actually uh there's called easy eda it's a website that uses a cad software similar to like ms paint super easy to use and it kind of based off a javascript application and what you can do is you can actually submit the uh, CAD files, uh, kind of similar to what you create in Eagle, and they'll actually send it to a vendor, and they'll actually uh, produce the uh, PCBs for you. That's awesome. Super simple, super cheap. I recommend it. Actually, they're pretty good quality too. Yeah, I like the quality of some of that stuff, like a lot of the uh, boards that you can now get fabricated. I haven't done any of my own, but I just like that there are more options for fabricating boards, especially when they have the ones that are, you can get your board fabbed in a very small number when they have, uh, what is it? They basically put your board in a, with a bunch of other boards that are also being um, manufactured in a small, what, like a scale. And then it just reduces the cost. So you don't have to buy an entire uh, giant sheets worth of uh, boards. Um, so I used dirty PCBs previously and I, like I was making, it was a tiny add on for the hack RF for like a, a external clock. And, uh, it was like 15 bucks plus like a dollar something shipping to get. And I got like 20 boards, like fabs and it took about two weeks to get back to Australia. That's awesome. Out of where? Yeah. Uh, out of the, uh, I can't remember. Dirt, but it's uh, dirt, Dirty PCBs is the website. Dirty? Like clean, dirty? DirtyPCBs.com? Yeah, yeah, dirty. Nice. Got you. I mean, if you want a quick, a quick prototype before you're going to go and get something like fabs properly, that's pretty cheap. So I forgot to mention, uh, easy uh, EDA is kind of similar to GitHub. So you can actually uh, have your uh, CAD files available to all. So anyone can really go onto my with the file that I use and then make their own. Just change the names, do whatever to it. That's awesome. While we're on the topic of hardware, I um, I've been flashing this uh, like in chip, like not desoldering a um, a SOIC eight uh, like EEPROM with with SPI. And uh, I managed to flash it to a Russian ROM that didn't mention that it was Russian, but now I'm having trouble flashing it back. Fun times. That's rough. Sorry, yeah, I can speak That's Russian. for that. We can talk about that later. It shouldn't be too hard to flash, I don't think. No, it's just finicky, that's all. There's like, uh, uh, there's like a hold pin that you need to pull but it's fine. They got those high voltage programmers too. That when chips don't want to cooperate, you kind of force them against their will. Yeah, I'm actually I was using a bus pirate um, to do it, and then with this specific chip, I couldn't get the bus pirate to 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 work at all. So I'm actually using the GPIO, like the SPI on a Raspberry Pi, which is sad. It makes me sad. I hate Raspberry Pis. <laughs> I like them for certain things, but they're not like my go-to for projects. So let's grab a MacBook and use some external hardware. It's more more guaranteed to work proficiently. Raspberry Pis are good for certain things, just like a remote tap, maybe like a hardware debugger. That's about it. 
for me at least. I don't know. I use the uh, for remote taps. So I got a bus blaster uh, and a couple other things. Hey guys, yo, I gotta break in for one second. I, I was listening to y'all um, on the ride back, and you were talking about some really fucking crazy shit at the beginning, like maybe ten minutes ago, before what Pike were we started. Talking about? I don't know. I'm trying to figure that out. Before Pike started talking about his project, though, it was right before that. You guys remember? About the China stuff. About I know uh, somebody was telling a story about. Uh, you mean the, the Chinese thing when I was at. Uh, Defcon. Oh yeah, yeah. So what the fuck? What was going on with that? <laughs> it was just really sketchy. They were just taking photos of all the people who were at the party. Yeah, but it it ended in a way where all the cameras went off or something. He and put I, a beer. He put a beer in the air or something like that. He said, and then yeah, yeah. yeah. So like he, he had yeah, he but, said this beer tastes like shit, and he pointed at it to draw everyone's attention. So everybody in like this arc was looking directly at the beer when yeah. the cameras went off. So were they looking at your screen though? Like were you standing in front of your guy's screen holding beer? That way people would take pictures of your screen indirectly. Is that what you is... They were just no, we were... they were just at a party, like on yeah, a we were we... Like a pretty fucking weird party, man. I was all creeped out listening to that in the fucking Uber on the way back to my house. <laughs> Like, I was creeped out being there, dude. Like it was, yeah, it was, yeah, it was weird. So, for, so to, to let me let me get this straight. Basically, some Chinese, I'm assuming, dude, pointed at a beer, and then a bunch of other Chinese people took pictures of you guys because you guys. I'm assuming you guys were on like a casino floor, like or like in an yep. area. In in like we're, we're at a we're at a roped off area of the of the on the Caesar's casino floor. And it was roped off for SciScan 360's party at DEF CON about two or three years ago. Yeah, there's some shady shit going down, I'm telling you. Either you were on a game show and you didn't know it, or you, you, your ass got OD'd. Yeah, 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 yeah. We just we got we got docked so hard, motherfuckers <laughs> won't fight me. Fucking the old beer in the crowd trick. <laughs> <laughs> this beard tastes like shit. Am I right? Like, <laughs> right, was, it, was it. it a Chinese dude too? <laughs> yeah, it's accomplished. Hey, you. I uh, I had a uh, an epiphany in the car. I'm gonna write it in chat though. I'm not gonna put it on the uh, audio on on blast. All right. Yeah, I love epiphanies though. All right. Um. So yeah, we're actually um we're doing good for time. Um. As far as uh, trying to get the uh, freeform part basically into an hour, so does anybody have any um, other stories or anything they want to talk about in the last uh, couple minutes of this? Let's talk about the OSCP. Oh yeah, let's talk about yeah. that. Yeah, you guys skip that. Oh yeah. Um, Before you guys start, though, has anybody here worked with HTML5 video? Uh huh. Mm -hmm. If so, yeah. I want to talk to you after this. Hell yeah. Yeah. You like that? Eternal, eternal last minute of this show. That's what usually ends up happening. That's the only reason I bring that one up. So OSCP, what about it? <laughs> yeah, so here's my status on it. I know a couple of you got in, but I was dumb enough to use my actual corporate email. And they, it, that went to some other tube which led to another tube and essentially i'm on hold because they want to try and just rape every possible penny that they can from me 
Um, I'll check in the morning and see if they finally fucking send it to me. But I'm on like a shit list of please. Wait. So uh, just as a regular person, how much does OSCP cost uh, for mm -hmm. the for the training course and then the exam? What, what would so be the total cost? It's, uh, it's $800 for the exam plus 30 days in the labs, which is what I had signed up for. Um, I know that the, I believe it's 1200 for 90 days and 1000 for 60 days with the VM labs. Um, so that's, that's all that it, that's like the total cost. And so, so how much is the total in 60 days? 60 days is 1000 and then um, 90 is 1200 supposedly. So 1200 max, I mean, $1,200 for what I've considered to be probably one of the best courses that's available. And that I'm talking about people that I hold in pretty high regard, at least three of them in high regard that have failed it the first time around. Yeah. That's how good the test is and how good the, the material is. Um, I highly, I highly, highly recommend anybody does it. I'm kind of shilling for them. I wish I was getting money for it, but <laughs> it, just, <laughs> it just seems like a song. I like CISSP all day. Fuck that. I don't care. I, somebody mentioned that they got their CISSP today, and I couldn't help but meme them. Like it's it's just in my blood. See, so uh, I I got something anecdotal to add. I'm sorry, it's not something technical, but uh, the same DefCon that that other story happened. We uh, went to a bar, and there was a guy wearing a Kali Linux OSCP t-shirt thing, and. Uh, and and my friend says to him, so how did you find the OSCP? He said, I just like wearing the t-shirt. Nice. How do you install Kali Linux? How do you install it? Uh, could, you, could you help me install Kali Linux later? Um, yeah, I, can, I need to run it. I have a couple of PDFs to show you. Um, but so... It's not about Kali, though. Yeah, it, it, what's interesting is like, yeah, I, I feel very similar to you um dan where i've like i only wanted to do certifications because i don't have any i have very little professional experience i guess in the tech field and as far as like security stuff goes i have a lot of like uh like basically reports that i've made but it's nothing that is as solid as i'd like it to be i guess to want to start moving towards more security work and so what is um What's weird though is that like you know I went through when I was looking up like different certs to take you know I I read through the CISSP books or the CISSP book and I read through the uh, what's it called the SSCP which I believe is the little brother to the CISSP and a couple of other um, different certification tests and it's just a lot of them is it's just more theory and it's definitely the good you know policy things that are necessary but I feel like the OSCP one is just definitely the one that is you actually have to be practical about it and like think on your feet rather than get caught up in the theory, which a lot of people tend to do because they don't necessarily have the means or the desire to actually try to break into anything on their own. Yeah, I, I'd agree, but I, I would just simplize it as literally the only certification that whenever I get people, I guess I got to distance myself from work by saying, in general, this is what I would do at any company. But seriously, when I get resumes that come across my desk, there's two things that fucking just make me not want to look at your resume. It's when it's a long multi-page uh, resume. So if it's three pages plus, instantly I'm wondering what's wrong with you for real. Why are you sending me this long ass resume? And then number two, 
if you have alphabet soup after your name and your email signature and stuff like that, especially CISSP, all those really mean nothing to me. And, and you generally speaking, get put to the bottom of the pile. I know that sounds like mean and rude because you're putting in this extra effort to get more certs, but at the same time, I know the people that are doing OSCP are hardcore because I know the people that have failed it and passed it and the people that have passed it are always on top of their game. Like no doubt you cannot fuck around on that. Um, there's uh, the other one that's kind of shitty what, what's it called? Ethical hacker, CEH. CEH. Oh my God. Yo, that one is borderline making me throw shit in the trash. Yo, I saw a really, <laughs> a really funny tweet once that said, uh, uh, I, I think it was from a from a from a job description or something, and it said um, certifications required. Uh, we don't really require any specific certification, and OSCP might help your chances, uh, but a CH absolutely will not. <laughs> so, so I've been in the same position as not Dan. Whereas uh, if I look at a resume, and uh, it doesn't really matter what other background the person has or experience if i see certified ethical hacker on there they go to the bottom of the pile if i see OSCP i'm automatically there, hearing shit in my head if you're saying you're an ethical hacker i'm automatically talking shit in my head i'm just not telling you like, faith i just i want to let you know that um i actually photoshopped you a ch7 one time oh that's yeah weird. i remember thanks <laughs> thank you <laughs> Sort of on topic, I saw that CUSSE.org has been revived. Now, that is some old school GNAA stuff. I don't know if any of you guys recognize it, but that stood for Certif Certified Unethical Software Security Engineer. And the goal was to actually start giving out real certificates for this. Um, <laughs> hey, fucking Meep Sheep might have been running it. I don't remember who, but I do remember. Very recently, I came out from a Tor exit node that was from CUSSE.org. So I'm happy to see it's back, and maybe we can actually partner with them to get everybody in this channel CUSSE certified. Hell yeah. Nice. I, love I don't know about everybody back. here. Let's see. <laughs> well, no, I'm game with you. This Dude, I don't think I could pass a math test right now. I don't know if That's you probably going to work to your favor. I'm just putting it out there. It's <laughs> the NAA. Very true. Yo, MG. So do we MG? get to... Oh, go ahead. We got MG on the chat now, finally. Uh, could you give us an update where you're at on your projects, please? Yeah. Oh, uh, shit. Which projects have I last talked about? Um, let's see. There's that, that Mitnit project. Um, which is interesting. Uh, I probably won't go into too much depth on that as to why it's interesting, but yeah, I have a, uh, what appears to be a stock Apple lightning charger cable, uh, with an implant in it that also passes, uh, charge to the phone, full, full amperage of what you'd normally get out of that port. So it's like, you know, two, two amps worth. Um, what else am I working on? I am working on implanting an Apple USB-C power adapter with the Raspberry Pi Zero. Uh, my initial intent behind that is to put Sammy Kemkar's uh, uh, poison tap on there and that, you know, drop that thing into a boardroom and, you know, everybody gets WebSocket backdoors. Uh, should be kind of fun. I, I haven't really dug into the specific backdoor yet, but I did just figure out that the 15-inch machines 
will charge just fine, at least at idle, using the really small, I think it's a 29 watt adapter versus their stock 87 watt, which means I can shove that little thing inside of the big one and have a lot of room for activities. Um, that's Isn't about it? as far as I got in with those. That's amazing. Awesome. Are you doing, so you do have quite a few updates, right? Like. Uh, I know personally, I haven't been on Twitter as much lately. I don't know if it's uh, maybe just because of that, but hearing all those updates, even just there, that's kind of yeah. mind-blowing. Have all that going on. Are you tracking this anywhere? Like Twitter, I throw it on Twitter and, you know, it goes in the void. Yeah. I should, I really need to figure out some static place to kind of just yeah, dude, keep it up there, but just a website or some shit, you know, or yeah, there's these websites that you can make. <laughs> I would like I would like it if you would uh I would like it if you would put a power over Ethernet internal adapter into a fucking packet squirrel so something from Hack Five could once forever in its lifetime be useful. <laughs> I, I can actually look at that. Oh yeah, that reminds me of another project I'm um eventually gonna get to, but just started on a little bit. Um all of the fifty dollar Pack five land turtles um, actually have all of what you need, except for a few tiny things, to get a wireless interface on there. The chip supports it, and there's even pathways. So um, it looks like all you have to do is solder on an SMT uh, header to, you know, attach the antenna, and you got to figure out uh, which resistors and capacitors are going to lay over the top of it, which is, you know, what I'm going to try to figure out. But after that, you just kind of alter some of the OS. Uh, using what's already out there on, say, the pineapple, and boom, you've got a, a wireless land turtle. I don't know what the fuck you're going to do with it, but hey, it, it happens, right? So, what about the GSM module? Could you, could you yeah. get a cell module in there for 3G? Well, yeah. yeah, you could definitely stack more stuff on top of there. The point of this one specifically is that it's already there. You just have to solder on a couple things. Um, and likely the reason they didn't actually add that is because intentional wireless transmission jacks up your FCC certification by like tens of thousands of dollars. True. Actually, MG, you're right. And I talked to him about that and they actually did explain this once and that's the reasoning why they said it costs yep. money. Yeah, exactly. So the thing is, I've seen nobody actually hook into this. So it's like, hey, well, you know, here's here's the resistor values, here's the caps, here's the what you do to the file system. Boom, you've got wireless, and you're breaking FCC law. Have fun. Well, that's, there's a bunch of Chinese uh, travel adapters that are just Ethernet to 4G, 3G, and Wi-Fi and Bluetooth converters, and they're little small profile, kind of like a land turtle. They're pretty small. They're just like ten or fifteen dollars. You get them on Alibaba. Yeah. Um, so that they achieve the same end result. They're made for using in hotel rooms where all you have is an iPad and all they have is a wired connection and you've only got Wi-Fi on your iPad. So it becomes a, a Wi-Fi bridge to the hotel uh, Ethernet. Yeah. Um, but but using like the they have like USB and micro USB ports on these things. You can do all kinds of stuff. You can just shove another Ethernet adapter in there and have it's running a little uh Android OS of some sort, and yeah. you can achieve basically what you just said with the land turtle. You could have, um, you could have it on one side uh, emulating uh, or actually acting acting as a as a USB Ethernet adapter that bridges onto the actual corporate network with a cable coming out of the other side, and activate the the GSM module or the Wi-Fi module at the same time, and then leave the premises. And these things are really good drop boxes. They cost like ten dollars. They're disposable. 
Um, yes, you guys, yes. uh, but uh, that's that's what I use them for. That that's probably <laughs> why a lot of people haven't done this with the turtle is because there's much cheaper ways of approaching this anyway. So, I, Yo, yeah, exactly. You guys definitely, you and Faith both have really good stuff on this. I think we should definitely keep it for a really stop like solid round on the next show. Seems like nice. we could rock, rock through it, you know? Yes. Yeah. And oh yeah, Do you guys uh, use um. Do you remember Portal, like when Grok released Portal? Yeah. Yeah. yeah, so you can run that, uh, so based on OpenWRT, on like oh, nice. TP-Link $20 routers that oh, have nice. two, two Ethernet interfaces, Wi-Fi, and whatever, um, and then you have your root file system on a USB stick that's like, you know, 6428 gig root file, like OpenFS, and then all of a sudden, like, now you've got Portal, like, you know, you've got Tor and VPN in the hotel room. So you can actually go to DefCon and use the internet. Nice. Hey MG, we got a question in the yeah. chat. We got a question in the chat um, on Twitch, but you might want to maybe touch on it a bit, and we can maybe try to do more of a deep dive into hardware implants and uh, other sort of uh, evil devices. But um, four octets in the chat says, "How are you getting the chargers open without damaging them? Because they wreck them every time I try to open them." <laughs> um, so the little one, since I'm not reusing the shell on it, uh, just a shitload of Dremel work. The big one, um, that's that's different. And, and there's an uh, interest, interesting manufacturing difference. The small one has no visible seam anywhere on it. So I'm not quite sure how those are being manufactured. Mm -hmm. uh, but the big ones do have that little tiny hairline seam that goes around the whole perimeter. Um, Somehow I didn't lacerate myself a few dozen times, but went through probably like 10 or so razor blades and just kind of pressed them in there very, very hard. Like we're talking, you know, 100 pounds of pressure, pushing that in there while holding it in my hand in an intelligent way. Um, and just really <laughs> kind of rocking it back and forth. Um, it, it took me like four hours to get this thing open, but I got it open and... Uh, it's it's covered in just this adhesive and it's a complete pain in the ass i would say if you're wanting to repeat this probably better off finding some way of acquiring the shells through china or just straight up casting them um you know just just make a mold of it and you know cast your own uh get get a close match to the white and you're probably going to be fine but yeah it's a complete nightmare yeah. <laughs> well on that uh, I mean, I think we should maybe take a, or we should end this now because it's um, a little bit past 11.30 Eastern Standard Time, but I think that we've got quite a bit of information from all the people here, like Decoded, MG, Faith, all of us here who um, work more with hardware things. We should maybe do a show, or maybe the next show, go kind of a bit deeper into some sort of hardware projects and I guess some of the ways that people have I guess, approached doing, you know, I get um, non, non-conventional things with hardware. Maybe we can um, show some pictures or something too. That might be a good thing to uh, deep dive into next time. Yeah, yeah that'd be fun. That sounds awesome. We've oh, yeah. lots of video on this podcast from the first meme filled one. What? <laughs> what? Thanks, uh, boy. Oh no! I was just saying, our the, the podcast has come a long way from the first one where we were we spent like an hour and a half finding themes to throw up on. <laughs> I'm surprised it's gone this well so far. I mean, credits to you for for keeping us on track and keeping the show kind of 
in you a place the, worth moving over. Right? Are we still streaming? Or are we done? Yeah, we're still streaming. But yeah, I was going to say thanks to everybody for listening. Um, tune in next week. We'll be back here at 9.30 Eastern Standard Time. Be able to talk more about the news and talk about, you know, unconventional hardware uses and hardware hacking. So, thanks. Are we going to do uh, shit next, or are we ending this whole, this whole mother? We're going to end it. Let's just end it right now. All right. All right. Awesome. Thanks, thanks, thanks. you guys. Talk to you guys soon.